It's been a long time away. Now we're back here to stay. Back where we belong. Country racing strong. From Victoria's racing heartland, this is the only program dedicated to Victorian country racing. It's got it all. Welcome to the Country Racing Show. It's got it all. And Maggie Payne joins us as she does every Thursday here on RSN Central. Hello to you, Maggie. G'day, Gareth. Not long now. This time in one week, we'll be sitting in sunny Warrnambool, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Probably won't be sunny. It'll be cold, but looking forward to getting to Warrnambool next week. And that will dominate our discussion, of course, with the country racing show today and Gallywood. Uh, we had a chat to Mark McNamara, the barrister that put together the Bull book that's a must-read if you haven't read that book. And... Um, he talks about Gallywood because that's nearly the most famous story, isn't it? And we'll be l- talking to a person that was pretty close to the champ. Yeah, really excited to yep. chat to Paul Richards, who was a strapper of Gallywood and also is a senior barrier attendant uh, around the southwest of Victoria. So really looking forward to that. In fact, we might spin a yarn to kick off the country racing show. The people at the grassroots of racing. We're spinning a yarn on the Country Racing Show. As you pointed out, Maggie, Paul Richards is a barrier attendant. He'll be there next week. He was a man that also strapped Gallywood. Um, and he joins us now to spin a yarn on the Country Racing Show. Paul, it's a privilege to have you on our show. Good afternoon to you. And good afternoon, you too. How are you uh, going? Good, thanks, mate. Can you talk us, can you tell us about what Gallywood was like? Um, as a racehorse himself, like he was mediocre on the flat, but um, he was a beautiful jumper, and he was without a doubt probably the uh, stable favourite, and he was an absolute pleasure to work with. Actually, he was a very, very quiet horse to deal with. Anyway. And Paul, we've been reminiscing over the past few weeks about Warnable. You're a Warnable uh, local, true blue local, and you know what the carnival means for the town and the racing people within it. And I guess we can talk about Gallywood's experience at the carnival, that famous 1984 fall that he had. Can you just take us back to that when, uh, for the people that might not have known? Yeah, it was probably one of those gut wrenching moments when you when he fell. Um... Knowing what we know now, but back then things were different, and we didn't know what exactly had happened. We thought the worst come to the worst, but he actually landed on his side and um, winded himself very bad. And as you do, you just sort of lay there until you get your breath back. And then um, a lot of the baritones put the screen up around him, and long and behold, he uh, jumped to his feet and he was all right. And I've just never heard the crowd roar so much as he walked back down the straight. You know, it was just one of those things that we thought was the end of him, but yeah. Can you remember where you were on that day and your emotions straight away? There would have been a, like a roller coaster there for uh, you there, Paul. Yeah, I was standing beside Jocker, actually, and um, my old boss, my master. And um, we, well, I had to have my hands and I just said, oh, that's it, you know. And, uh, yeah, we ran up the straight and um time I got there, he'd actually got to his feet. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a blessing in the skies, actually. But, yeah, it was just one of those incidents that we were... Hoping for the best, but yeah. yeah. Certainly the highs and lows of racing, but the, the highs came back only a couple of years, uh, I guess, later with him, Paul, and your apprentice to Jocker Bailey at the time, and you, you brought him back uh, in 1986. He had that year off, and, you know, you couldn't script it any better, could you? No. Um, with well, Back in those days, like, we used to do a lot of road work with the horses, and we'd get to the stables in the morning and, and uh, work all the other horses, and then... Um, 
jock at you. We say, oh, we'll go home for breakfast, which I only lived across the road from the stables at that time, and and uh, go home for breakfast, come back, and then jock used to say to me, right, settle him up, now go get lost on him, you know. Hmm. So <laughs> we used to go around the roads for miles and miles and miles on him, you know, and jock was big into trotting, you know, and uh, I was at one stage there, it was going up, graft right into Derby Street, across the highway, along Bell Street, over the Bostock Street Bridge, around the cemetery, and then over the Hopkins River Bridge, and used to count him up up the uh, Hopkins River Hill, right out to uh, Turham Road, and then back in along the highway. So how many Ks would he do in preparation, say, a couple of weeks out from the, the Warrnambool oh, Carnival? He was, he, he, Jock always brought him in sort of um, early December and just brought him along quietly. Um as I said, he used to do a lot of road work, a lot, a lot of road work with the horse to build him up. He always had a few back issues, and um, Jock was just big on road work, and um, he just sort of raced him into condition. But um, leading up to the carnival, coming into the carnival, Jock always used to use Oakbank as a, a last-minute hit-out hit out for him for the, for the uh, Broly Manual. So what was it like, Paul, when you're on the road with this star, Gallywood? Um, was he a... Was he a did he become a best mate to you with his character? What was he like to hang out with for, for most oh, of the he, day? He was he, like, to be honest with you, he was one of the quietest horses you could ride. Um, he was that quiet you could ride him on the road on the buckle of the road, read the newspaper on him. He never shirked at anything, never shy at anything. He just tried along, mind his own business, cars and trucks to go past. He wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah, he was an absolute pleasure to do anything with. And, uh, Paul, you mentioned, you know, all the preparation that goes into this week. We know famously so many trainers getting their horses ready for next week and it's, you know, a lot are just targeting. It's impossible. It's harder to win a race at Warrnambool than during Cup Week. But um, it must be a bit of a buzz around town heading into next week's carnival. Yes, it is. Like, late April, you sort of start getting that sense that May's only around the corner and then when you see the tents go up and a lot of the shop windows in town, you know, put up all the decorations of local colours and all that sort of stuff up. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big buzz for the town, uh, for, for the city of Warrnambool, um, and lo- and the local towns too, like Port Berry and Trang, they're all booked out as well. And like all the pubs, clubs, B&Bs, restaurants, you know, everyone gets a slice of the pie, economical-wise. Well, we can't wait to get there and catch up with you next week, Paul. Um, looking forward to seeing you behind the barriers and I would imagine there'd be so many stories retold about that mighty um, jumper that you looked after in Gullywood. Thanks for your time as always, mate, and we'll catch up with you next week. Will do. Thank you. This is a country racing show with Maggie Payne, Gareth Hall. Now, our trivia question today, you know the drill by now. First person to text through the correct answer on 0416 90 50 52. That's 0416 90 50 52. Wins a $50 Country Racing Victoria voucher. And Maggie, take it away. Okay, well that could be used next week at the Bull, but the question is how many grand annuals has champion jockey Stephen Pateman won? Okay, it's a very good question. Um, so how many grand annuals has champion jockey Steve Pateman won? First person with the correct answer on 0416 90 50 52 wins a $50 voucher thanks to Country Racing Victoria. Hey, Maggie, only a week away now. How's the build-up and everybody's getting excited? We had the trolls there last Friday at Warrnambool and it's not far away now. No, it's not and really looking forward to it. I was getting excited listening to Rick McIntosh with Michael yesterday previewing all those trials and uh, reviewing, I should say, and 
previewing the races for next week. And like I said to Paul, it's hard enough to win a race next week. It's basically impossible. So many um, trainers and owners are targeting next week. Um, the club's going really well in their preparations. Marquees are being set up and uh, getting all the last-minute things finalised, but really looking forward to getting down there. Talking to Mark McNamara yesterday, I asked him one question. I said, what, for people heading to Warrnambool maybe for the first time, or they've been a couple of years and everybody missed out on last year, what's the strategy to make sure that you're strong throughout that week, Maggie? What about you? Do you have any advice? Uh, yeah, a bit of preparation goes in for the humans yeah. too, I think. Um, <laughs> no, just, you know, I think it's one for the racing fanatics and when the races start at half past 10 every morning, you know, you're in for the long haul, yep. but um, no, it's a great, great week and, you know, I really love it and couldn't recommend it more to anyone that wants to go. Tell us about this ticket situation at the moment. So Thursday's completely sold out, is that right? That's right. Thursday's completely sold out. The club were limited to 12,000 people per day um, and a lot of those are in corporate hospitality and also general admission. Uh, there are tickets available for Tuesday and Wednesday, so Briley and Gallywood Day uh, general admission tickets, but that's it. Nothing else is left and it's going to be a big uh, packed bull, I would say, for the yep. three days. So you can still, however, go there in the early part. But um, unfortunately, um, Thursday's already sold out, so you can't even try and jump the fence or anything like that. Yeah, they've shut up shop for Thursday. Um, I think they'll jam enough people in there. Yep. And that famous hill will be packed with all the general admission punters uh, heading up and watching the famous Grand Annual. This is all, this, this is always a great discussion point. Um, gallopers that head to the country to break their maiden status... Now, Tony Vassell was famous, I think, for sending some of his better horses to head to Swan Hill, like Arata's son and Elstrup, to win during the Swan Hill Carnival and winning their maiden there. Warnable has also been a great um, grounding for horses, breaking their maiden, maiden status and then going on to win Group 1 races. Well, I think one of the, the unique things about the Warnable Carnival is all the whispers that you get around the course and punters are always, you know, got their hands out for a, for a tip. And I can remember only in the last few years, you know, you had Poussons de Lune who debuted, made their Australian debut and won. Uh, Harbour Views is another one that comes to hand, comes to mind with, you know, absolute certainty. So keep your ears open on Monday. There's often, you know, horses yep. that are just local horses that are unknown. Uh, Poussons de Lune is a good example because it hadn't raced in Australia, but it was a certainty and Harbour Views was the same first starter. So hopefully Matty Williams has got some of those up his sleeve on Tuesday. And I think like the, some of the biggest trainers in the state are based at Warrnambool and they like to show off during their, their carnival because a lot of their, their clients head to Warrnambool for the carnival and they will be setting up a horse to try and win a big maiden or even the maiden hurdlers I find fascinating races, Maggie. Oh, the maiden hurdle, that's going to come in so strong as well. They're going to have a few divisions. So it's um, it's ultra competitive. And like you said, you're trying to get your name in lights. And it's not just the small trainers, it's the big trainers as well. We've seen Lindsay Park win a Warnable Cup and, and lots of those kind of um, bigger trainers that set them for them as well. All right, then. Have you got a, um, a horse that, you, that you're declaring for us, Maggie? No, I'm not going to declare. I'll stick with bit of a lad. I think he goes to the Briley. He, he'll he be the, I guess, class horse. I'm hoping Amy McDonald has flying agent that will also yep. go to a Briley um, on the Tuesday. So I'm hoping for her sake, that would be a massive, her biggest win of her career. So hoping for Amy that she's able to win the Briley, that would be huge. What's your favourite race? 
the grand annual has to yep. be has to be that it's just that you know you take it back to 2018 when gold medals pipped um, ZM on the line and 2019 ZM reversed it. So it's goosebumps it, just talking about it. It, it does isn't it? it does give you goosebumps. It's uh, it was unreal and I think you know Rick McIntosh is the perfect person to call a race like that. Yeah, we've got an audio. Let's relive that moment because these two great warriors are back this year, which is great for the carnival. Let's hear that great grand annual. But gold medals is having another crack at him. ZM in the middle of the track. Monarch Chimes, gold medals on the outside, trying to do the double. ZM, the brave Kiwi, gold medals, the local. ZM, gold medals, gold medals, inch by inch. ZM, gold medals, gold medals. ZM, gold, oh, gold medals. <laughs> gold medals, maybe a nose to Oh, ZM. that is sensational. And... Rick McIntosh is the voice of the bull. He puts in as much as those those warriors do behind the, the binoculars. And when we had a chat to Simon Wilde for the launch of the Warnable Carnival um, six weeks ago now, basically, he still gets emotional talking about that race and he's, he's worrying. And Patrick Payne, when you ask him about ZM, he, he gets a spring in his step as well. So um, we didn't probably think this would be happening this year, but... And they were they were next to each other. Paddy Payne chatting to him on Saturday morning said, "Yeah, they're next to each other there in the trial as well." Yeah, no, it's you couldn't script it better. I'm sure Rick will be studying the you know famous movies as he used the inch by inch Al Pacino line. So yep. he might be. Hopefully, they can bring it out and go head to head. It's great to see them back. And you mentioned Simon. That was another memorable moment. You know, him winning that the Briley and the Grand Annual Double yep. uh, in, the, in front of a local crowd was huge for him, Clayton Douglas and his whole team. Now, Maggie, um, they had the WA qualify for the Jericho at Albany on Monday. And did you hear the story about this horse? And this is just what the Jericho is all about. Ten-year-old sacks on, sacks off, trained by Kevin Green. Um, leads all of the way, misses the kick, goes around them, and red-hot tip flashes for SJ Miller, loses by a nose. But the day before, Albany's about five and a half hours away from from Perth. So it's a little bit like Warnable. Um, and it's got a rich history, a war history as well, Albany. Anyway, Kevin Green decides to take his horse, sacks on, sacks off, to the beach just for a quick swim the day before after travelling from Perth in preparation for the, 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 the Jericho qualifier. Now, Kevin doesn't know the beaches as well as he should before he goes for a walk and takes his horse for a swim. They both get caught in quicksand. Um, the locals tell me they're buggered. They're buggered that, that, that how they survived. Like, But somehow they got out. Um, and it's a story that will be told for years and years in that part of the world, how this 10-year-old... Um, along with his trainer, didn't die after they got caught in quicksand. I think the horse basically pulled Kevin out with his strength. The next day they win and lead all of the way that, that qualifier. So if he turns up at Warnable, he'll be 11 years of age, I think. Yeah, incredible. And if that's not a story that epitomises the race, yes. what the race was for, that's, um, you know, that's terrific. I, remember, I was listening to Bill Gibbons actually on the radio on Sunday Anzac Day heading out to my Nepal game and you know he, how he spoke about that race in Albany and how the important part that it plays in the whole scheme of things is is great. So I hope that we see that horse uh, come late November. Gareth, can you get to uh, the Kelly next Tuesday at 9am to present the time on a Greg Bag medal? I don't know what that's about but we'll see what we can do. That's from <laughs> David from Williamstown. Uh, 
That's the pub, isn't it, the Cali? It is. Yeah. Cali. It's a bit early for me, David. Um, <laughs> um, and well done to Sooty from the Bull. He's always not far away, Sooty from the Bull. There was a couple of people that said five. The correct answer was three. Yeah, it was three three grand annuals for our champ Steve Pateman. So and he'll be looking to make it four next week. Look after me next week, Maggie. Um, <laughs> I know you're a seasoned campaigner, but it should be a lot of fun there at Warnable next week. And uh, you basically will be co-hosting RSN Central with me throughout um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, I'll be popping in. I'm, yep. I, I can't wait. I'm, uh, you know, I've just got to bide my time and settle down because I'm very excited for next week.